In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are sawing back to the career of Eddie Murphy and back to the year of 2008 for Vincent's selection for this stop on the mission where we sit down with Eddie Murphy and you and meet Dave. Okay. You have some kind of glitch. <laughs> I was letting people realize that they're watching Meet Dave because nobody saw Meet Dave. I know. Except us. Which I think is part of the review. Okay. No one actually saw it. No one. Like, no one's actually watched this movie. Nobody's actually watched yeah, this movie. But we'll talk about all of that. We will talk yes, about that will. and more, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. tonight on the Michelle Mission, which is streaming live to YouTube from Young Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace right here in beautiful Maniunk. And it's streaming to you watching us live on Facebook as well as on YouTube. And shout out to each and every one of the missionaries that are out there in the chat. Hello, missionaries. Good evening, one and all. Let's get into the show, starting right. with a look at some of the news that has happened. And one of the big things that happened not long before we got here, arrived at the studio, yeah. was that they announced the nominations yes. for the 2024 Oscar Awards. Um, so shout out to some films that we were definitely, and people that we'll definitely be pulling for. Absolutely. In the best picture category, American fiction. American fiction. A, a movie that we both loved. Ooh, absolutely. Is in the running uh, against such um, bigger films like uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oh, well, we had to talk about the movies. Um, but it's just Issa Rae it. <laughs> but it's like just Issa Rae it. Okay, well, you know, like just, they can look on CNN for the other people. Like just Issa Rae it. All right, what's the stuff we're interested in? Well, you said we got a lot to do tonight. Best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, best actor. Ooh, which way we're we gonna go? Because nominate among the nominations are Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Amen. And, and Coleman Domingo, Coleman for, Domingo Rustin for Rustin. For yeah. Rustin. On Netflix. Yeah. Now, I saw American Fiction and you saw American Fiction. Did yes, you I see did. Rustin? I still have not seen Rustin. You still haven't seen Rustin? No, I haven't. So, I mean, which way are we going to go? I mean, Coleman Domingo's our dude. I am, I am, I am happy with both of them. See, but like I'm, either one wins because I would want either one to win. I of want course. either one to win. Like I didn't see Rustin, and I've loved Jeffrey Wright longer 
mm-hmm. just because I've known about him longer than Coleman Domingo. But if Coleman Domingo wins, I'm gonna be happy like somebody in my family won. So see, my worry about that is that those two split the vote. I mean, always, always a danger. Which means that it then maybe lands in one of the other three Shh, hands. Look, look, man, it's the Oscars. I'm just happy. Like, I'm happy, as I always say, that everyone that we're talking about can now put on their resume. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated and perhaps Oscar winning creator. I think our best chance at, you know, seeing an Oscar mm-hmm. is in the supporting actor fields. Yeah. Where Sterling K. Brown yes, sir. is nominated for American Fiction and Danielle Brooks, Danielle Brooks is nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Color Purple. Yes. We both said she's the best thing we in The Color ab- Purple. We absolutely did. We so, absolutely did. Dare I say, that is the consensus. Like, I think it's fair to say that's the consensus. That she's the that best That regardless thing. of people's reaction to The Color Purple, because I do think their reviews have been mixed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm unanimously everyone has agreed that Daniel Brooks is the real breakout performance. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so those, and then the other, you know, American fiction is also nominated for mm-hmm. adapted screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Very think, happy for Cord Jefferson. Yeah. A name we're going to watch. Most definitely. Definitely he, a name he, we'll he watch. He wasn't nominated for, for director. Sure. But I actually couldn't understand maybe not being director because while it's a great film, it doesn't have that whiz bang of uh, uh, directing chops in it. But we're also pulling for in the sure. in animated feature film. Yes. For Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Always. Yeah. We're always Spider-Verse people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I hope that uh, comes through. Yeah. And, yeah. and makes it. So congratulations. Most definitely. Congratulations to all the nominees. I was about to say, even if we're not Issa Rang it, you know who we're pulling for, but congratulations to everyone. And just an addendum, when we were talking last week about the Golden Globes, we did not mention Niecy Nash. Oh, that's right. Congratulations to Niecy Nash. So. Absolutely right. So our... our, our, uh, No, not the Golden Globes. The the, the Emmys. the, The Emmys. Right, right. Because we talked about A.O., Debiri. Debiri, and of course, hometown favorite, Quinta Brunson. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention E.C. Nash. No. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, to the Oscars. Uh, also in the news uh, mm-hmm. is a passing of great note uh, in Hollywood. Famed director. Yeah. Norman Jewison. Yeah. Passed yeah. away at the age of 97. Yeah. Long life, long life, long life, long career that Vincent, you were just going through his filmography. I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, we should probably start with the films that are are most um, pertinent to what we do here on the mission. He directed two of our favorites Mm -hmm. that we've reviewed. Um, Of course, the legendary in the heat of the night as well as the legendary A Soldier Story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just right there. But then you look at the man's resume just generally, you know, Fiddler on the Roof, the Thomas Crown Affair. Affair. Um, you know. What, what, what was it, Rollerball? <laughs> 
Oh, he also directed Hurricane, which we haven't talked about yet. We haven't, di- but, but just you know, unofficially, I'm a big fan of the Hurricane. Mm-hmm. And but but yes, he also directed Rollerball. 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 Found his way to Rollerball. Rollerball, a post-apocalyptic 1970s science fiction sports fever dream <laughs> drama. Great. You know, I always say Rollerball and Running Man are why I don't really enjoy sports. Because they both raised the bar so high about what sports could be. It's like, I don't know, man. This football game is interesting, I guess. But in James Conn's rollerball, people are at the roller derby murdering each other. So, yeah. He also did, um, he directed Paul Newman in one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um and injustice for all injustice for all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, again, just looking at his resume is ridiculous. Did I say Fiddler on the roof? You did say Fiddler you on know, the roof. Agnes of God moonstruck moonstruck, which I just watched again, maybe uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Holds up. Holds up. It really Holds does. Hold up. It was I haven't watched in like three or four years, but yeah. Good Funny, stuff. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah. rest in rest, rest in, in peace, peace to Norman Johnson, yeah. 97. Good life. Yeah, man. did your Put thing. It, did your thing. Made your mark, yeah. sir. Definitely made your mark. Hey there, missionaries. It's Len, aka the Bat Tribble. If you're in the Philadelphia area, I invite you to come out on Saturday, January 27th to the lounge at World Cafe Live to watch Vincent and me do it live. We're presenting a live podcast plus a film screening of the classic romantic comedy, Love Jones. This is the romantic comedy that set the template for romantic comedies in the 90s into the 21st century. And we'll be screening it live on the big screen in the beautiful lounge at World Cafe Live on Saturday, January 27th. Tickets are on sale right now at worldcafelive.com. Hope to see you there. All right. Like Vincent alluded to, we have a thick show for you this mm-hmm. evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get right into it. And we're going to start things off with your emails, uh, or as we like to call them, missives from the missionaries. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Ooh. Mrs. From the Missionaries, Vincent, we have an email from Lisa Alexander. Hey, Lisa. Hello, Vincent and Len. I found the Michelle Mission during the holidays. Oh. And I'm very slowly making my way through all the episodes. Take your time. I'm teaching a class on black film this semester. Oh, And I've encouraged my students to listen to your podcast. Oh. Uh, The only film on my syllabus that you have not yet discussed is Selma. Oh, yeah. Which will be coming. We, Yeah, because we haven't really done any Ava DuVernay in a while. We've kind of like, you know, because yeah. she does big movies. And yeah. we kind of like, but The Road to 400 is coming. So yeah, okay. It may find its way on there. Okay. Uh, Lisa continues. I made it to the Jackie Robinson story. Okay. 
and agree with your assessment of the film as a propaganda film that was in no position to tell his full life story. That is true because of the time in which it was made. Also, Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson. playing Jackie, Jackie Robinson, Robinson was probably not the best choice for the role. Yeah. Hello, I'm Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Watch me in the Jackie Robinson, Robinson story. story. Um, though it isn't eligible for your review because it is a TV film, mm. the court martial of Jackie Robinson does yeah. a much better job mm-hmm. and has an amazing cast with the late great Andre Brower right. playing Robinson. That's right. Cassie Lemons, the director of East Bayou, playing Rachel, uh, Rachel Robinson. Stan Shaw, favorite of the Michelle Oh, Mission. yeah. Um, portrays Joe Lewis. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, it's the second. T- I mean, that's you know because he plays the boxer in the yeah, home. yeah. But but uh, seeing him as Joe Lewis, I get the hair slicked back. Mm. And Ruby D plays Jackie Robinson's mother. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, D went from playing Jackie play Robinson's wife, wife yeah. to playing his mother. The film uh, is actually available on YouTube. I don't think you've discussed Forty Two yet. The movie Forty Two. Yes, we we haven't. We have not. But I would love to throw my hat in in the ring for that episode. Stay warm, Lisa. Okay, All Lisa. Right, Lisa. All right. Consider what we see your hat. Yeah. Did you see the court martial? The court martial of Jack No, Robinson? I know of it, but I haven't yeah, seen it. It's very good. Is it good? It's very good. It's 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 in that um in that great group of movies. And I don't know if it was on HBO or Showtime. But remember that wonderful moment in the late 90s where HBO and Showtime we're making like these amazing made for their channel films. Oh yeah. It's like soul of the I'm about game. To say soul and, of the game. And, and you know, always outnumbered, always outgunned a mm-hmm. hundred men named. Um, Oh, I forgot what that George, a hundred men named George. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I didn't stuff. one of them do the, the first Tuskegee airman. Uh, maybe I think one of them yeah, did I one think, of those yeah. the, the first one about yeah, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah Court Martial of Jackie Robinson is good I have to check that out yeah Soul of the Game Soul of the Game was fantastic it's yeah. when I really started paying attention to Delroy Linda yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, we got another email okay it's from Morgan Robinson hey what's up Morgan Um, the subject line is no love for glory no love I know what this is referring to Hey, Len and Vince, hope you all are having a happy new year and are surviving the ridiculous amounts of snow. I had to ask how glory didn't come up in the six degrees of Derville Martin as soon as Matthew Broderick was mentioned. Once Len said his name, I immediately went went Nancy Cartwright and Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick and Glory with Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington and Mo Better Blues with Dick Anthony Williams, Dick Anthony Williams and Five on the Black Side with Dervell Martin. All right. First of all, Morgan, it's real easy to do it when you're not doing it in front of people with the cameras on and the lights on and Lynn is just, just yelling at you. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> Second of all, you're absolutely right. The problem is, whenever I think about glory, I forget it's white people in it. (laughs) There, I said it. So don't think I'm going to connect Carl Hughes either. Like that part in the beginning where Andre Brower is friends with the white people, whenever I replay it in my mind, it's Andre Brower in an empty room. (laughs) 
Look, they fit this one man show of Andre Brower in the middle of the glory. It's a really interesting choice. <laughs> it's interesting. How is that wit moving by itself beating Denzel Washington? Boy, I don't remember the special effects being this good. I would cry too if it was just some wit just just whipping a whip me. hanging in the air. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um, all right, we got another email. Okay. From Michael Lockett. Hey, what's up, Michael? Uh, subject line, not new to this, definitely true to this. All right now. Just late. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> Lennon Vince made an entrance. Yes, he did. Right. Greetings and salutations. <clears throat> What's up, my brothers? First and foremost, I am truly happy that you two, you two took on this mission and are taking so many of us along for the ride. You two are funny, insightful, and fair eight out of ten times. <laughs> hey, that's an 80%. That's a B minus. There you go. We just call that a gentleman's B. <laughs> I can't praise you guys enough, nor hook up enough other people with the show mission. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm throwing my two cents in on surprise, surprise, Truck Turner. Truck Turner. Matt Truck Turner. I'm late to the game. But. And started way back in episode one. I'm catching up slowly, but surely. So pardon me on weighing in on something from so long ago. But Truck Turner, one. I haven't heard you guys have this much fun with one film. I don't think ever. <laughs> the way Pimp could be injected almost anywhere was hysterical. Anytime Pimp Civil War it, is used it was in a, a film, it you was a cult. It. You know what? Missionaries who've joined us fairly recently. Truck Turner has as a plot point a Pimp, pimp Civil, Civil War. War. It is pimp versus pimp. It is pimp on pimp violence. It is. It is. It is. Oh, my God. The pimp world is destabilized because Gator has died. And now all these girls are just pimpless. And Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols. Lieutenant Yahura from Star Trek. Has put out a pimp bounty. (laughs) On Truck Turner and Harvard Blue, Harvard Blue, which Harvard's colors are not blue. (laughs) Harvard Blue says that I'm not going to be a part of this because Truck Turner ain't no poop butt. And y'all go ahead and try and do this. I'm going to sit out because he said he says the coldest line in the movie. And it's so cold. that I didn't forget it. He said, because I'm about to be father to a lot of orphans. <laughs> I said, boy, Harvard Blue. Because remember, Harvard Blue makes his appearance when he first comes into the movie. He doesn't say anything. He just comes in and spits on Gator's grave. That's all he does. Oh my. Mm. The point is. Everyone should watch Truck Turner. Everyone should watch Truck Turner. Uh, Scatman Crothers is a retired pimp who has built a southern plantation in the middle of Watts. Peopled by retired prostitutes. Here's the thing. (laughs) 
I believe Scatman Crothers really is a retired pimp. <laughs> Scatman Crothers doesn't realize he's making a film. What? It's like it's like when Bobby Brown is in the Western Gang of Roses. <laughs> And you realize, I don't know. I think Bobby Brown thinks he actually transported through time. And now he's in the late 1800s during Western time. He doesn't understand this is a movie. Um, Michael continues. <laughs> now I got to go, go watch Truck you Turner. Got, you have now to, I have right? to go watch Truck you Turner. You have to, right? <laughs> Number two. You tell him you got hit by Matt Truck Turner. I agree. The spitting in the coffin scene. There it is. Was some of the coldest shut your mouth I've ever seen on film. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. What would be both of your top five coldest antagonist or protagonist moves in a movie? Mm, wow. Five. Oh, man. I don't, I, I, I don't know about five, but you know one that I think about all the time in the way I frankly live my life. And I said this when, when we said, so in, um, in um, Idlewild. Okay. Idlewild, remember Big Boy's character and Terrence Howard's character are rivals. Mm-hmm. And you remember Keith David is is the head of of the black crime family. Keith David and, and both of them are his lieutenants. Keith David's characters, spoiler for Idlewild, dies. Right. And and Terrence Howard's character just takes control of the gang. Big Boy's character says to him, who told you you were in charge? And then Terrence Howard says something that all jokes aside, I really do kind of live my life like this. Terrence Howard character looks at him and says, who going to tell me I'm not? And I said, well, there you go. There you go. It's not a matter of who gave you permission to do something. The real question is who going to tell you you can't. Lynn, who gave you permission to have a film podcast? Who told me I could? Exactly. Who going to tell you you can't? And now look at you. It's a picture of you sitting by you. <laughs> look at God. You are feeling yourself, though. <laughs> you are really feeling yourself tonight. Michael continues. <laughs> then he concludes. Finally. Finally. Circling back to the mission as a whole. As a whole. This movie and so many others have been laid out in front of me and talked right up to the point of, if you haven't seen it, you will. Or maybe not if Vince goes Fury Road on his review. <laughs> I love Truck Turner and was glad it wasn't a lost gem of black exploitation. Thanks again. And another missionary is marching with you guys. Mike, thank you so much. Thank Mike. you so much. That is a great. God bless you. Bringing up. Truck Turner. Truck Turner. And um, I'm not going to spoil the lead, but next week we will be making announcements of, of, in regards to Truck Turner. Um, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. We are? We are. We are. With Truck Turner? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do I know about this announcement? You do. 
You're just feeling yourself right now. So all the blood is rushed from your brain. I forgot all of (laughs) Turner? Yes. Yes. I'll remind you. Okay. Can I continue? Please We've got another email. Okay. Got an email from Corey Nickel. Hey, what's up, Corey? Corey Nicole. Hi, Len and Vince. I hope you guys had a great week. I recently watched Devil in a Blue Dress. Nice. Always starring Denzel Washington along with Don Cheeto in his breakout role. Fun fact, David Allen Greer actually read and auditioned for the role of Mouse. A question I have for Mm. both of you to discuss is what book slash book series you wish was adapted into a movie or mini TV series? Doesn't have to be by a black author. For me, for instance, she says. I wish more of James Baldwin's work, like Go Tell It on a Mountain or Giovanni's Room, were turned into movies. I also wish The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison was turned into a movie as well. I'm curious to hear your answers. Stay warm and fresh, Corey Nicole. All right. Take a stab at this. Uh, what book or books? Well, I'll tell you what. There is, you know, dipping into my bag a little bit of... Uh, the world of comic books. Mm-hmm. There is um, a comic book by Frank Miller and Dave Givens. Mm. The I believe is it called the Misadventures or the Adventures of Martha Washington. Mm-hmm. It's it right. It's right. Uh, Martha Washington. Give me liberty. Yeah, give me liberty. Give me, right. Uh, uh, it's Martha Washington is this character that they created. Um, they're white creators, but Martha Washington is a black character in a I guess kind of dystopian yeah oh yeah um, America yeah absolutely uh, that has been like basically fall victim to capitalism gone amok Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't look too far from what we're dealing with now Uh, and Martha Washington becomes like this 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 uh goes from this child that is raised in the 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 projects of Cabrini Green, right? Isn't yeah. It? Mm-hmm. Cabrini Green yeah. to become like the savior of the world. Uh it's you can find the comic book in this really big, thick, beautiful omnibus mm-hmm. um that I that I have. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is a story that is ripe for you know adaptation uh in live action or maybe even animation uh i could have seen danae guerrera playing martha washington at one time Mm -hmm. um now shoot you can you can pick a pick a one of the the sisters out here doing badass stuff Mm -hmm. but i think that is um a book that i would love to see adapted yeah that's a good one that's a good one. I'm going to go with, um, there's a book by Gloria Naylor. Came out in the 80s, I think, called Linden Hills. Oh, yeah, yeah, Linden yeah. Linden Hills, which is about a middle class, a black middle class enclave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it, it, it's it's got some supernatural undertones to it. And it really is sort of the vibe of something like Lovecraft Country. Actually, it's it's a little it's a lighter touch than Lovecraft Country. Okay, is and and there are enough vignettes in it that I think you could very much do a five season show. 
around it. And I've been thinking about Lyndon Hills as a television show for 20 years. Okay. Like, like, you know, I'm sure it's been option now and then, but it's the type of thing that if someone ever really like part of the reason that I'm so interested in the, in what's going to happen with these Octavia Butler, Mm -hmm. you know, adaptations is that, I'm hoping that that opens the door to a lot of these black novel properties. Yeah. That, you know, like she, well, I mean, she mentioned devil in a blue dress mm-hmm. and you know, my dream, like if I ever hit some type of super billion dollar lottery, like the first thing I'm going to do is get on the phone with Don Cheadle and Denzel Washington's agent and basically say how much for you all to do a sequel and follow one of the one of Walter Mosley's books mm-hmm. where the characters are older. Mm. Like they can actually play the same characters and play them, you know, I think in the 70s. Mm. But in and so, you know, I think Walter Mosley's we've said this before, the Easy Rollins series, I cannot believe it has not been a series. I know. Like basically the Perry Mason series. On um, HBO last year, which unfortunately I think that got canceled. It got canceled. Yeah, yeah. but that it was basically the, the easy, it, it, it was basically the Easy, easy Rollins show right there. If you just kind of move the camera to the left forty five degrees, yeah. So yeah, you had basically the guy that could have played Easy Rollins yeah. in that yeah. series. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That that is a, that is a very good one. Uh, there's there's so much. There's there's so. So many properties. We we haven't um we haven't talked about it yet. We're gonna wait for it to come out, but just the um what is it? The the the, the magical negro? Oh, the Society of the uh, Magic of the Ma- American Society of, of the Magic Negroes. Right. And or and the trailers have been troubling. But you know, it's the trailers. We're not going to judge anything by the trailers. Uh, the the but, word out of Sundance is that it's on point. Well, but you know, right? I consider an audience, I, I, I've, and I've heard different words. Yeah, frankly, because yeah. the words from, regardless, there is a comic series about black magicians that is perfect for adaptation. Like I cannot believe. No one has snapped up excellence. Oh, and made like, like I can like I cannot believe excellence is not on FX in the fall. Well, I like excellence. I I, I don't think I like it as much as you. I, I'm happy that Bitter Root got adapted. It's it's got options. Right, but you you 100 see how excellence. I can see it. Could be a thing. I certainly can see it. Like a thing thing. I certainly can see it. Yeah, certainly so. can see it. Well, certainly. A lot of properties. Um, continuing. Emails. We got an email from Cherie Depressed. Oh, what's up, cousin? Good evening, Len and Vince. I hope I don't have to wait too long before you give us a full review of 2024's adaptation of The Color Purple. Oh. Yeah. Mm. She's making a list and checking it twice. Yeah. I... 
already agree with the reflections you've given thus far. I saw it twice and liked it more the second time around, but I don't think I would watch it annually like I do the original. Mm-hmm. I found there to be too many songs that did not really add to the story. And to make room for so many songs, they sacrificed some of the iconic dialogue and unspoken exchanges that were brilliant in the first. It felt compressed in some places. And our poor Taraji came off as going through the motions. I don't want to give too much away. And we'll patiently wait for your review. I did my black duty buying two tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting that this letter was after the last one talking about books being mm-hmm. adapted. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Godzilla. Which okay. seems like it's from left field, but it's going to make sense in a moment. All right. We had two Godzillas recently. Recently. Like you, we have this American version, the monarch version, and then you had Godzilla minus one. Right. Which is from Japan. Which the is original from Japan. Creators. But two interpretations, same property. Mm-hmm. Both valid. Yes. I think I want wanted something like that with the color purple. I think the thing about the color purple is that there's so much story that wasn't explored in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole, like there's a whole section when Nettie goes yeah. to Africa yeah. in the book mm-hmm. that you could almost make a movie just there, just about Nettie and Africa. There are whole subplots with, you, you know, we talked a little bit about Harpo and Harpo's relationship and how Harpo is, is really the, 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 the bravest man in the book. The part where um, Sophia is press ganged mm-hmm. into being the, the nanny mm-hmm. for this white family. Yeah. She basically raises the white little girl. Right. You see that a little bit of that in the book. Yeah. That's a whole deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that could have been put on the screen. It could have. The, the pro- I think the problem is, is that having seen the original and seen the original stage play, mm-hmm. right? My interpretation of the stage play was that while it had a lot of the beats of the movie, it still presented enough differences that I that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the movie tried to play it both ways and give you what you knew of the movie with some spr- sprinkling of the play songs mm-hmm. in there as opposed to trying to really expound on the story, which I think the play does. I think to your point of really taking this property and doing something wholly different with it, it wasn't to adapt the, the musical. It was to take the book and to truly adapt that book and put it on TV, put it on as like a, yeah. a limited series yeah. where you can go. Now you've got the room yeah. to dig into yeah. all of those. It's, 
um, the other characters, yeah. Harpo's life, and really explore all of these, all of the relationships a lot more. And and you know, I'm just gonna keep saying, I I was, I'm gonna use the word disappointed. I was really disappointed with how they didn't explore the queer, the lesbian relationship. That's what it was, the relationship. Between Shug Avery and Seely, which again yeah, is yeah. a real central part is. of the it is. book. It is. And, and and you understand in 19 and we said it. We said it like like absolutely we, understand, you understand in the 1984, original, you understand they yes. couldn't do it. Yes. But, but now it's it's there. It's it's it's, it's there. And and like I said, it is explored, not super explicitly, but I think it is definitely more explored in the stage play, in yeah. the musical, which is why I was looking for that. And to be fair, it does explore it more. It does more. But it doesn't. But, right. Yeah, it, it's, it still plays right. it safe. For us to be two, three years or however many years out from Moonlight. Exactly. Exactly. It plays it safe. So. We got another email. It kept right. coming, coming and coming. Emails. I like this. And I this like is this, y'all. And this is not even even all of them. I'm just going through some of them. Yeah. Corey P. What's up, Corey? Hi, Len and Vince. I hope you two are having a great day. I see that you both had dedicated a month of talking about both Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence movies. It's true. Bang bang. For Martin cool. Lawrence, I am surprised that Talking Dirty After Dark was not included. Felt like the movie, along with The Golden Child, would most likely be in the month of bad movies, which is May. Well, that will be in May. So we wouldn't do that now. So there, there's your answer. That's interesting that he would. He, would you think, would you call Talking Dirty After Dark a Martin Lawrence movie? I always thought of it more of an ensemble. Yeah, I would think it's more of an ensemble. I wouldn't think that. And nor would I necessarily put the golden child in may i was just about to say that like i don't think the golden child is great but no, i also don't think it's not bad right? not like it's, that it's just like right it's just sort of yeah there yeah you know yeah i i, I wouldn't do that yeah so that that i i disagree with that right, the problem with the golden child is that it comes after the appropriately enough the golden era of murphy films well yeah right yeah that, that. It's like the album Stevie Wonder made after In Square Circle. Like, they're not bad albums, but dog, you're coming off of like a 12-year run of some of the greatest albums ever recorded in history. I know. Is In Square Circle the last great Stevie Wonder album? Uh, that's what I would argue. All right, one last mm -hmm. email. Speaking of music, I'm glad, I'm glad you pulled me pulled me out of that. I did. Because you know. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm about to drop you into something else from Michael Sykes. Hey, what's up, Michael? Hey, Len and Vincent. This question is specifically for Vincent. All right. Me and my uncle were debating about which year of soul music was better, 1971 
Oh, that's a good or year. Or 1972. Oh, that's also good. My uncle said 1971 okay. due to albums like Isaac Hayes' Shaft soundtrack, okay. Okay. Black Moses, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, oh, yeah. Sly and the Family Stone, There's a Riot Going On, yeah, 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 and yeah. songs by artists like Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine, mm-hmm. and Grandma's Hands, uh, and Grandma's Hands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Temptations, Just My Imagination, and Al Green, I'm Tired of Being Alone, mm. and so much more. I, Michael says, on the other hand, argue that 1972 had the best soul music and albums, Mm -hmm. albums including Al Green's uh, Let's Stay Together and I'm Still in Love With You, Mm -hmm. Curtis Mayfield's Superfly soundtrack, Mm -hmm. Bill Withers' Still Bill. Yes, yeah, war. Awesome. The war is a, the world is a ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aretha Franklin's Young, Gifted, and Black. Yeah, I thought she came out with something in '71 too, but '71 okay, as well. But okay, go. Yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder has two albums: Talking Book and Music of My Mind. Oh well. And Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack's first duet album, <laughs> including the great songs like "Me and Mrs. Jones," "Backstabbers," "I'll Be Around," "Papa Rose of Rolling Stone," and "The First Time I Ever Saw Ooh. Your Face." Vincent, to you, out of 1971 Ooh. or 1972, which one? It's the best year for soul music and why? Love, Michael Sykes. I wait. Oof, I mean, my goodness. Like, I guess 19, I'm going to say 1972 because. The second you say two Stevie Wonder movies. I mean, mean, the second you say talking book. Talking book. Right. I mean, talking book and young, gifted and black. Right there. Is rock steady. What what, what album is rock steady on? I think that's on young, gifted and black. Is rock? To, you, no, look it up because that's the type of thing we'll get in trouble. Yeah, they, they'll holler as uh, rock steady. Rock steady. Let's call this thing exactly what it is. What it is. What it is. What it is. Uh, rock steady. Aretha Franklin. Young gifted and black. Yeah. 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 You can't beat the one-two punch of talking book. In Young, Gifted, and Black. And them sandwiching music off my mind. Yeah. And then they're ra- and rapping around them. Yeah. It's Curtis Mayfield's Superfly yeah. soundtrack. The yeah. best thing about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm, 72. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. 72. It's 72. Marvin Gaye in 71 almost got it. But. Yeah. Oof. Damn, they used to make some music. They used to. They don't make them oh like that no more, dog. God. They do not make them like that. How did all that come out in, in one year? Within in 24 months, all that came out. That is four certified classic Lord. albums right there that they are still playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to Marvin Gaye, What's Going On Today. Oof. Ridiculous. Go watch Truck Turner and listen to Talking Book. Talking Book. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. And what, what's the drink? What's it? Just Uncle Nearest Neat. I do like Uncle Nearest. Not like a brown liquor person, but I do like Uncle Nearest. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't get into Philly. No, you can. It's back. Where? At that one of these nice liquor stores. Yeah. That must just be fairly recently then. That's a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, but yeah, it, it, we're already running long, but I had, to, had to tell you about the ridiculousness like a year ago where we were damn near um, smuggling booze back and forth. 
Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. Dude. You know, all my boys are in the DMV. Mm-hmm. So they, we were we were like between here, Delaware, Maryland, and DC. Everybody was just on move. was on the lookout. And we were just transporting bottles of Uncle Nearest up and down 95. I cash happy. I cash. Give me three bottles. Give me three bottles. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't get it in Philly. You couldn't find it. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you know, I think what happened is they were switching out um their um basically the factory. Oh. Like they were switching out their process. Okay. So there was this, this moment, but yeah, it's, everything is cool now. Okay. All right. It's good to go. And you know, you, you know how I feel about free advertising. So if we're really like, like we actually like Uncle Nears because they're not paying us to say this. No, they're not. Yeah. All right. We got one more Although email. I would love if they sponsored us. So if anyone knows the Uncle Nears people. Yeah, please. Please do. We are, we are open for spot. They've got a whole table right here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and trust me. Dylan drink. So there will be. <laughs> he does. He does. Dylan and I had a whole conversation about old fashions. Oh, yes, they do. And he's, he's a bartender. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, one last email. One last email. This is from Sherry D. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Haven't heard from her in a while. Hey, yes. long time no here. That's why I saved it for last. Hi, Len and Vincent. Thank you for your recent Bowfinger review. Yeah. This is a film that I go to often when I need a laugh. I love that scene with the stunt drivers. Bowfinger has a great cast, but Eddie delivers the most laughs. Your comment about how Eddie Murphy's portrayals of siblings Kit and Jeff are similar to Jerry Lewis' portrayals of the professor and Buddy Love was spot on. As you said, in these films, Murphy and Lewis simply but masterfully changed their voices, facial expressions, and mannerisms to create their characters. In Eddie's Nutty Professor, he is hilarious, but he's under a lot of <clears throat> clump. <laughs> I appreciated that you brought up Jerry Lewis movies. In the 70s and 80s, his movies would often air on TV on Sunday afternoons in New York. So that's where I became a fan of his brand of comedy. I have a few favorite Jerry Lewis comedies, but I especially liked him in Scorsese's King of Comedy. Of course. With Robert De Niro, Sandra Bernhardt, and De Niro's former wife, Diane Abbott, uh, cousin of Shake You Down singer Gregory Abbott. Shut up! Yeah. (laughs) That's a good pull. De Niro and Bernhardt deliver much of the comedy in this film, but we get a good glimpse uh, into the real Jerry Lewis. Thanks for a great episode. All the best to you in 2024, Sherry D. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Sherry. Good to hear from you. We really do appreciate yeah. that. All right. Much, much love. Um, and we also we also just heard from the this is for you, Dylan, from the missionary who shall not be named. Uh, just hit me up. Listen, watching the show in real time. OK. Hey, tag the uncle nearest people on your shorts on the on oh, the shorts oh, that we do. OK, so Dylan, you you, you got a job, my friend. <laughs> Trying to get hey, man, look at this sponsor to make it happen. All right. All right, that was All our right. emails. All right. Thank you, each and every one of you, for yes. the emails. We re- as you can see, we love going through them. We do. We've got even more, but we couldn't even touch on all the ones that we've got. 
feel free. Send your emails. Let us know what's on your mind to michellemission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Now it is time for us to move on to the top five. Who's your top five? Top five, ladies and gentlemen, where I come up with a list, I present it to Vincent, and he says something funny, and then we re- repeat. <laughs> That's the plan. See? <laughs> nice stop hilarity. All right. Keeping in theme. Okay. With tonight's film that we are reviewing, which is Eddie Murphy in Meet Dave. Yes. I am presenting the top five Dave movies. All right. Yeah. All right. Starting with number five. Number five. I've not seen all of these movies, but I've seen a, a, more than a few of them. Okay. This one I have not seen, but it sounds vaguely interesting. Okay. At number five, Dad and Dave on our selection. Okay. An Australian comedy based on the characters and writings of Arthur Steele Rudd. It is set in the late 19th century, colonial Queensland. <laughs> the comedy stars veteran actor Leo McKern and opera singer Dame Joan Sutherland in her only feature film and future Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush. Okay. As the titular endearing blundering son, Dave. The film portrays the Rudd family of Aussie battlers in late 19th century colonial Australia uh, with dad, mother and mother Rudd and their hardworking but somewhat daffy son, Dave, as they take up a selection of land and attempt to farm it. The difficulties of early colonial farming life are portrayed with its ups and downs, humor and frustrations. Finally, tired of local corruption and the harshness of life, Dad Rudd decides to run for the state parliament. In Dad and Dave on our selection, the fifth film in our top Dave films. And you find this vaguely, what was it, what did you say, vaguely interesting? I find it vaguely interesting. Okay. One, because Jeffrey Rush. Okay, there's one, Jeffrey Rush. Now, what is two? It's Australian. <laughs> and certainly when we think of Australia, we think of comedy. I do. I mean, there's Crocodile Dundee. There's um, Crocodile Dundee 2. There's Crocodile Dundee 2. Which is set in Manhattan. <laughs> so, right, right. And, and he's in Manhattan. And um, number four. Number four. <laughs> on our top five day films. I've seen this movie. Okay. From 2016. Okay. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Okay. It's a romantic comedy that stars Zach Efron and Adam Devine as the title characters, two brothers who put out an ad for dates to their sister's wedding and features Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza as the girls who answered the ad. And this film is actually based on an actual news event 
of a Craigslist ad placed by two brothers who wanted dates for their sister's wedding that became popular in February of 2013, which they then turned into a book. Mike and Dave need wedding dates and a thousand cocktails. Did you like this movie? No, it's not. A, it's not. Now, I didn't why enjoy did it. you watch this movie? Somebody I was with wanted to watch the movie. Loves rom-coms. Looks cute. Let's sit and watch it. So I. That's fair. I had to watch. I had pretzel bites. That's that's. Fair. I made it through with pretzel bites. Okay. Two orders of pretzel bites. Maybe if you had had scallops and a waffle, that would have made it. It would have made, made it much made much made better. It much better. Yeah. I'll have to try that. And watch this next time with scallops. No, I'm not watching this. All right. Number three. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> Number three. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a it knife. Is. This is a knife. So there's Australia. Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee 2. Number three. <laughs> Number three. Bank of Dave. Bank of Dave. This is a recent film. I haven't mm-hmm. seen this film yet. Okay. <laughs> yet. A 2023 <laughs> British biographical comedy drama. It's a lot of adjectives. <laughs> The film is based on the real life experience of Dave Fishwick. It follows the story of a Burnley working class and self-made millionaire. Okay. Who struggles to set up a community bank to help the lo- the town's local businesses to thrive. Okay. To do so, he must battle London's elite financial institutions and compete for the first banking license in over 150 years. That actually sounds that like actually, a I was about to say that actually sounds it shouldn't be a comedy though. Well, it's comedy drama. Right, right. That actually sounds like I wonder if they made a documentary about this. I don't well, they made a fictional a, Yeah, this a, actually a, sounds kind of interesting. It sounds interesting, right? Yeah. I want to see that. All right. All right. There you go. Okay. That was number three. That's number three. Number two. Two. Yes. This is a film that I've seen. Okay. And you've seen. I've also seen it. And you like this film. And I liked it. From 2005. Okay. Dave Chappelle's Block ah, Party. That's a good movie. Documentary from Documentary. 2005. Uh, hosted by uh, Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Directed by Michael Gondry. Um, the film it features... Chappelle inviting several hip hop and neo soul musical artists to perform at a block party in New York, including Kanye West, Most Def, Jill Scott, Erica Badu, The Roots, um, along with the Central State University marching band. Mm-hmm. Lauren Hill. Yes, she is. Was also scheduled to perform at the party. Or rather, she, yeah. But because Columbia Records refused to release her songs for use in the production, she decided instead to reunite the Fugees mm-hmm. for the occasion. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle does uh, some comedic bits in mm-hmm. and around the on, on stage and Dead in and around New York. Was there? Yeah, Dead Press was mm-hmm. there at, as well. Um, and and a young J. Cole was in the crowd. That's right. Uh, of Dave Chappelle's block party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mandatory viewing. Fun, fun movie. Yeah, mandatory viewing. If, if you love music... You have to watch. 
I mean, is it's, it's it's our generation's wax stacks, frankly. Mm-hmm. Watt stacks, rather. Watt yeah. stacks, yeah. Yeah, Most yeah absolutely. And number one. Number one. The number one Dave film. Can you guess what film that is? I'm I'm assuming it's Dave with um You're right. My Dave man. from 1993, yeah. directed by Ivan Rot- Reitman and starring Kevin Klein. That's my man. Sigourney Weaver, Frank Langella, mm-hmm. Laura Linney, uh, Charles Grodin, Ben Kingsley, and one Ving Rhames. I forgot Ving Rhames was in this. That's right. That's right. Uh, the opposite of glory. <laughs> Kevin Klein plays David, uh, Dave Kovic, who runs a temporary employment agency in Washington, D.C. Um, and as a side job, capitalizes on his remarkable resemblance to President Bill Mitchell, mm-hmm. also played by Kevin Klein, by comically impersonating him at events. Uh, however, <laughs> when Mitchell succumbs to a major stroke while having sex with his mistress. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave Kovics is rushed into service by his, the president's chief of staff to impersonate the president for some important meetings. And then hilarity ensues. Yeah. Dave, one of my favorite films. I absolutely love this. Favorite film is one of my favorite, Favorite, favorite films. And, and You're a complicated man. Why? It's a great movie. It's a great movie, but very I, funny. I, I, no, it is. It's very funny. But you know, you said like it's very definitive. Yeah. One of my favorite films. It's one of my favorite films. I mean, it, it, it's a top 10, no, but it's right. probably like, I would probably put it in like my top 30 movies. 30. Yeah. 30 movies. Yeah. Not even comedies. No, no. My top 30 movies. I I watched, I could watch Dave right now. I really, I I enjoy it. I think it's a great movie. It's just, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say it's one of their favorite films. That's all. Really? It's so so adorable. I love Kevin Kevin Klein. Klein And yeah, Kevin Klein is that dude. I refer to him as my man. Yeah, I don't do that with everybody. And and Sigourney Weaver, and Sigourney Weaver, who I think in a role you don't often see her, see her in, as a comedy. Comedic, that's right. I I actually well, Charles man. Grodin can never go wrong with Grodin. Charles Grodin and and Ever. Fra- and Frank Langella is hilarious in that movie. Another one you would never think, never think of. Yeah, yeah. and when I watch Dave, mm-hmm. I instant when I watch Dave. Almost instantly, then have to watch another one of my top thirty favorite movies, *The American President*, with Michael Douglas and um, uh, uh, um, Michael Douglas. Oh, I just I just threw her name. Um, I remember the movie. I don't remember anything about it. Warren Beatty's wife, um, and uh, wishes. <laughs> I know, I know. It's about to, I'm about to get in trouble. It's about to get an, an, Annette Benning. We don't want any issues, Courtney B. Vance. <laughs> Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Right. Okay. You don't like the American president? I do like it. I like it. It's a great, it's a cute, it's adorable movie. Okay. All right. All right. I like Dave. All right. And that's the number one Dave movie. All right. There you go. Those, those are the Daves. <laughs> All right. All right. 
Now it Damn. is time for the Game of Kings, Game ladies of and gentlemen, Kings. as we shift into mm-hmm. Six Degrees of Durville Martin. All right. <laughs> Six Degrees of Durville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent two actors and he has six films or less to connect them to. Mm-hmm. Durville Martin. Durville, French for Dave. So, <laughs> very nice. Uh, keeping in theme, mm-hmm. these are two Davids. Okay. Vincent, All right. We number got? one and six films or less connect Durville Martin to. David Arquette. Oh, I feel like we've done David Arquette mm. because I only know David Arquette in one thing. The man's done at least. No, 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 no. I know he's done other movies, but I really only know him in one thing. And that so is... let me see if I can. Right, so let me kind of let me let me switch it up a little bit because I. Okay, uh, oh, OK. Because. All right. All right. Kid stuff has been on my mind, especially with with our movie tonight. So this is how we're going to do. Okay. Dervo Martin is in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Yes. Billy D. Williams is in Empire Strikes Back. Not to be confused with Star Wars, which is which is what I think I said last week, because Billy D. Williams is not in Star Wars. Well, he's not. But he is in the Empire Strikes Back with James Earl J- James Earl Jones. The voice of James Earl. The voice of James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is in Soul Man. Yes. With C. Thomas Howell. Yes. C. Thomas Howell, Okay, because I've been thinking about this movie, is in E.T. Remember, he's one of, he's the other little kid. Oh. Well, I didn't even. Right. It's, it's, what's his name? The yeah. main kid. Mm-hmm. And then, then C. Thomas Howell is another kid, but then the main kid's little sister. Drew Barrymore. Is Drew Barrymore, who is in Scream with David Arquette. Very good, Vincent. Nice way to go. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, here's another David for you. Another David. Second David. Second David. Six films or less. Mm-hmm. Connect Derville Martin. Mm-hmm. To David Harbour. David Harbour. Now, you know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. Stranger things. things. Well, you know, the bad thing about him, I only know him from two movies. One of them is the Hellboy remake, which I have no idea who's in that one. But then, you know, he's he's in the Marvel slush. I didn't know if you were. Because he's that. in Black Widow. But it's, it's, let me see if I can. Okay. Jervo Martin is, of course, in Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams. Dick Anthony Williams is in Mo' Better Blues, Mm -hmm. where he plays the father of Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. Denzel Washington Mm -hmm. is in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yes. With Francis McDermott. Yes. Who I, of course, saw for the very first time in Fargo. Yes. With Steve Buscemi. Yes. Who is in Ghost World with Scarlett Johansson? How many movies are you at now? That's is that five? Probably, but I'm I'm, I'm and, finished and now. now Scarlett Johansson is, is in Black Widow. 
Okay. With David Harbour. Very good. Very good. How's that? That is, that is very good. I thought you were going to do it, Dave, but I thought you were going to do Dave, um, David Letterman. Yeah, but I thought you were going to do David Letterman. But what movie has he been in? Well, he's only the only thing I can think of is, of course, um, Cabin Boy. Yeah. Do you want to buy a monkey? Right. And but but Andy Richter is in that. But then Andy Richter is also in Talladega Nights. And in Talladega Nights is a pretty target rich environment. Anything, any way you can bring Talladega Nights onto the show. Hey, hey, hey. If you're not first, you're last. Very good, Vincent. All right. You connected David Harbour to Dervell Martin. That yes. is the Six Degrees of Dervell Martin, ladies and gentlemen. That is the top half of our show. And it is now time for us to move into our review. The review of Meet Dave. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. It's not how he looks on the outside. It's what's inside that counts. Hello, sir. Hi, are you all right? Contact everyone. Our first verbal encounter. Thank you for your concern. How hard did you hit this guy? This summer. Oh, that's our cat, Boris. Cats. Here we go. We're under attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah, boy, yeah! From 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises. Just let the music take you. We are on the brink of anarchy. Not now, I'm trying to let the music take me. Hi. Probably best to imitate him. Hi. Lefty, huh? All right, all right. Eddie Murphy. You're trying to freak me out. It's not going to work. All right, that's going to freak me out a little. In Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Blown out of my own nose. (sighs) He looks very serious. I really think I can do this. Meet Dave. Are you with Dave? No, no, no. I I come free with a vente latte. Meet Dave. A crew of miniature aliens operate a spaceship that has a human form. While trying to save their planet, the aliens encounter a new problem as their ship becomes smitten with a Earth woman in yes that's right ladies and gentlemen meet dave starring eddie murphy elizabeth banks gabrielle union scott con ed helms a very young kevin hart and michael malley in this film written and written by rob greenberg and bill corbett and directed by brian robbins 
This was Vincent's selection from 2008 for this stop on the Michaud mission. Vincent, what say you of Meet Dave? We were, we were joking a little bit at the top about people talk, this, this film having a uh, um, reputation. Oh. But I don't know how many people actually watch this film. Okay. And I certainly include myself in that number before this afternoon. And, and having watched it, you know, with the amount of bile and venom that is directed towards this film, I found it pretty solid. Like I found mm. it, I found it a pretty entertaining hour and a half film. Okay. As you mentioned, the, the, the plot, if, if you are a science fiction fan, if you have any experience with genre fiction, is pretty boilerplate. You know, a group of aliens come to Earth for some type of MacGuffin. In this case, the MacGuffin is the salt yeah. from our ocean water. But then they are going to meet some humans and realize that humanity has more to offer yes. than what they thought. And they end up changed and, dare I say, improved mm-hmm. by the experience. The hook of this version of this film is that the aliens are basically one inch tall yes. human beings. And to masquerade as a human and, and to, to, to move through, through humanity, they pilot a spaceship, which is the form of a human being. And both the spaceship and the captain of this alien crew is played by Eddie Murphy. Exactly. And as I said, the, 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 you, you can sketch out each of the beats of the plot in this film. I think what, what really kind of took this film to the level of, okay, this is kind of solid, you know, frankly, is, is the cast. I, I think this is a surprisingly strong cast for a film like this. As you mentioned, the very young Kevin Hart mm-hmm. is in here for four or five scenes. And, and I have to say, I enjoyed the amount of Kevin Hart there was in this film. He, he's sort of this chaotic element who jumps or like there's a very early version of the Kevin Hart character. Yes. Very where much. He's, very you much. know, very kinetic, very kind of hyper. He jumps around. And I have to say, because he is so young, there's, I, I found it a little charming. Okay. Because he's young mm-hmm. and it's like this, you know, a guy in his early twenties jumping around doing his thing. I've not really followed her career. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a breakout role that she's done where people celebrate her. But everything I see Elizabeth Banks in, she makes better. Mm -hmm. Like like Elizabeth Banks plays the mother of 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 the kid. Yeah. That Dave which is the Starship's moniker. Right. Befriends. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, I thought she had a really easy breezy bit of um, chemistry with Eddie Murphy. And, and that's not surprising because I think Elizabeth Banks, when I've seen her, has been in these comedies. Yes. yes. Where she really is almost like a utility player mm-hmm. who's able to bounce 
off of these comedians and certainly comedians who are going a little broad. Mm-hmm. And she brings this energy. Like I said, there, there's a there's a nice looseness in her performance okay. that I thought really worked. This crew, the, the, the crew, the conceit is that they are aliens and and they are being exposed to human emotions. Yes. So that the emotions default are almost for like the fact. aliens is that they have this deadpan kind of persona. And because it's a comedy, the deadpan-ness is played very tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. You know, very kind of stone-faced tongue-in-cheek. Ed Helms like Ed Helms, and frankly, I like Ed Helms at this speed. Like, I love the slow cook Ed Helms, where you can tell at some point he's going to boil over. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like Ed Helms in this, in this role. Gabrielle Union, at this point, you can cut and paste everything that I've ever said about Gabrielle Union on this podcast. I really like Gabrielle Union. I wish there was more of Gabrielle Union. Mm -hmm. I think Gabrielle Union, once again, has this deadpan, you know, firmly tongue in cheek, does not get enough space to really um, explore it. But, you know, I think this is the role. Mm -hmm. This is the role. I, I think there is this fascinating little and and it's barely a subplot because you know frankly they don't really explore it where where elizabeth banks character is is romantically drawn to the robot yeah yeah and gabriel union is interested in the captain right who is the voice who is the voice of the robot and the robot is sort of reflecting the the captain's movements so that it's this weird one-sided rivalry that doesn't get quite as bizarre as it could have as it could have yeah yeah but it's there enough to mention mm-hmm. and then the center of this you have eddie murphy and eddie murphy plays these two roles and you know i think the one role as the robot mm-hmm it's this, you know, this this really kind of neat physical performance. It is exactly what you would expect from someone who is a master comedian. Like, I don't think there's anything surprising about Eddie Murphy's movements. Eddie Murphy's face, he again, he has the the stone face as well. Mm-hmm. But but this time, because he's he's controlling a robot, the robot's face doesn't show emotion. Right. When no one is watching him. And, and, you know, it's the quirks of him trying to figure out human um, ritual. And and there there's this one bit where where he goes into Old Navy and and the person at Old Navy says, welcome to Old Navy. And they think that this is a human ritual. So for three, four minutes, it's him saying, welcome to Old Navy to to everybody with this very artificial smile on his face. But I also liked his performance. Again, as this deadpan captain who isn't emotional, tongue firmly in cheek, and goes on. So that as a film, again, I thought it was solid. I think tonally, 
you can see it's 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 trying to fit in, and certainly when you look at the um some of the background of the film, how it switched movie companies and ended up in, at the company that Columbia, Columbia yeah. which which was responsible for the Doctor Doolittle films. Mm-hmm. Like you you see how they're trying to fit this into a kids movie. Yes, and you know. I think it fits into the kid movie category. You know, I, I'm I'm very tepid about Eddie Murphy's kid movie output generally. Mm-hmm. But having said that, as someone who has watched the kid movies, and again, when you consider the venom that is directed towards this film. By some of the people that are in the film. By some of the people who are in this film, who frankly... And at least one of the the people has been on record as saying he didn't see the final cut. Right. I suspect more than a few of the people involved in this film didn't see the final cut. I I think this is better than all of the Dr. Doolittle films. Mm. I think this is better than all of the sequels to Shrek. I think this is, is... is 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 okay it was solid like when it was over i said that wasn't bad which is not something that you necessarily would put on the dvd Mm -hmm. vincent williams of the michelle mission says that wasn't bad but as a film that again that might be as best as it can get right as you know as a film that was a punchline and 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 razzies and this and the other yeah, one Razzies. Yeah, I don't. I, I I thought it was. I thought it was. I'm gonna say solid. Well, I will say. I, I don't know if I land on solid like you did, but I will say that there were aspects of this film that I did enjoy that I didn't expect that I would enjoy. Immediate because I even text you. Yeah, I said I'm 20 minutes into this film. And I've already laughed more than I thought I would. And that's almost a third of the film. Well, yeah, it's an hour and a half film. Well, maybe I was generous with 20 minutes. Okay. All but, right. um, <laughs> but, but because the film starts off, like not far from the beginning, it starts off with the ship or Eddie arriving on earth. And then the, the ship, Eddie's ship, learning how to walk like a human being. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I, I did genuinely laugh because it is, it is, as one of our emailers pointed out, Eddie Murphy, we know, can do character stuff. Mm-hmm. And we know that he can be physically very comedic. He, he, he is a very uh, uh, talented physical comedian. But more often than not, when those opportunities have a, a, arisen, especially at, around this time in his career, sure. he's usually um, clouded or, or covered with a whole bunch of prosthetics. So you can't really appreciate his physicality. Here it is just Eddie in a white suit, a la Fantasy Island, <laughs> uh, in this movie. And so you actually can enjoy his physicality. You can see him, see him, see him moving his body and, and as a robot trying to be stiff, but also learning how to walk. And it actually was drop, drop on the floor. Funny. I was like, 
all right, I'm, if this is what this movie is going to be, I'm here with that. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Um, and I think there are some moments of Eddie returning to that level of physicality in the movie. But that like the first 10 minutes is him learning how to walk, him learning how to the um what does a smile look like? What does a grimace look like? Mm-hmm. Learning how to the the language, you know, how to pitch his voice. Like those those opening bits are hilarious. And then I think the movie does uh returns to those that level few and uh few time few and far between mm-hmm. for the rest of the film for me um i think there are levels of it but it just it just it doesn't go there it doesn't go as hard with it, it doesn't give him as much space you know and when it does it is fairly um uh, uh fairly conventional or stereotypical such as the Eddie, the spaceship is on the dance floor. Sure. So now, you know, he's going to be like the world's greatest dancer. Right. You see it coming already, you know? So, um, that disappointed me in this film. Um, and I, I, I too am a huge fan of Elizabeth Banks. I love her in almost everything she does, especially in the Pitch Perfect films, where she basically is like part of the the chorus that you know at the judges for the for these acapella groups. She's hilarious. I actually think she's not given enough to do. I think she's basically playing like she's playing the. Um, the the typical white woman, you know, fall in love with right, kind the, of love interest, the love interest thing, and I don't think she it's given enough opportunities to play to her comedic strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't really feel any chemistry between her and oh, and, really? and Murphy. I liked them together. I I, yeah. I didn't. I like I liked Eddie for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I like her as an actress, but I just I didn't see, I didn't feel them. They they just didn't connect. But because that's is so much of the movie, sure. Then that part is lost on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you then you turn to the other side of Eddie Murphy as the captain on this spaceship. Eddie Murphy, I feel like you know Eddie Murphy. For those who don't know, is a historic fan of Star Trek. That's yes. And this movie was basically pitched as like, you know, like almost like a Star Trek kind of like parody type of uh, almost in in the vein of Galaxy Quest to a degree, but not going as far as Galaxy Quest. So I can imagine that having to be the appeal for Eddie Murphy. Oh, I get to be the captain. Right. On a ship. And you see him leaning into that a little bit, especially because he's got like a little affect to his voice that he's putting on. It's it's Shatner-esque. And he's definitely going for it. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm digging it. But I think that runs 
counter to the the tone that's trying to be set in this movie with it being like a family movie and i think they want to kind of like i think the intention as and if you read the background the intention was maybe to arch this a little bit more mm-hmm. to a little yeah, bit initially a little a little not darker but a little bit more sharper in the yeah. wit and the satire mm-hmm. you know especially in some of the 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 space scenes um and i think that i can see that being the appeal for eddie and when they dull the edges of that, then it loses a little bit of its fire. Um, I love Gabrielle Union. I don't think Gabri- I don't think Gabrielle Union is actually that great in this film because, th- like you said, when they're on the ship bef- be- before the the crew, it becomes more or less, you know, affected or infected right. by the American emotions yeah. or human emotions. They are deadpan. Mm-hmm. And all of them are deadpan, I think, except Gabrielle Union. I think Gabrielle Union almost comes across very human, so that her change is harder to see, except that she more explicitly shows that she's attracted to the captain. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of like always there from the beginning, um, at least from the way that I saw, mm-hmm. saw it. Um, Ed Helms, I like Ed Helms. Uh, Kevin, young Kevin Hart. Kevin, he's young Kevin Hart, but Kevin Hart is never deadpan. Like he's always Kevin Hart. So, so I think there are, are a, a couple of forces in this movie that are just playing playing against itself, mm-hmm. and therefore it doesn't wholly connect to to make a full sandwich. Which is why I I don't agree with the level of hate that people have for this movie including eddie murphy who said that it may be one of the worst movies that he considers himself to have done and he's the one i'm talking about i would bet he's never saw the final cut i would bet one american dollar eddie murphy has never watched this film probably but but i wouldn't be mad at him especially because i got a funny feeling that they sold him on it being a little sharper. No, no, no. I hear you. But for him to say, this is the worst film that I've ever made. I I can name five films worse than this that he made off the top of my head. Okay. Fair enough. And so can you. Mm, Maybe. Maybe. I haven't seen every, every one. I, I I land on not liking this film for the most part, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it gets a bum rap. I do yeah. think it's not that bad. You're right. It does. They dull the edges so that it can be a family movie. And I think it does play as a family movie. Do you like Dr. Doolittle better than this? I actually have never seen Dr. Doolittle. Okay. I think there were two of them. I've never seen mm-hmm. either either one of them. They they just didn't appeal to me. And thank God my daughter had aged Did out. Did you see Shrek 2? I didn't have. Yes, I saw Shrek 2. You I, think this is worse than Shrek 2? Two things. First. Eddie Murphy is in that movie, a big part of that movie. I don't consider that an Eddie Murphy movie. Okay, I'm, okay, all right. But but I but I, I think this is I think I seem to remember really kind of liking Shrek too. It's been a minute to be fair. I guess the reason I brought up, I think you're right. Shrek isn't an Eddie Murphy movie, right. obviously. But I'm thinking this th- this moment mm-hmm. where Eddie Murphy is making kid movies, mm-hmm. and as you said. So much of the criticism of this film was about tone. 
Yeah. And frankly, yeah. to take it a step further, I think most of the criticism is, is the worst kind of criticism where you criticize something because it's not what you wanted, what it, you to wanted be, it to be fair that rather fair. than what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly there, there's a sharper version of this film, but for what it is, like if some, like, like if Eddie Murphy is going to have this period of his career mm-hmm. where I make kid movies and, and, you know, and we just, we, you know, we haven't even gotten a, you know, a thousand words or, or the haunted mansion or, or, you, you know, Doesn't he do holy man. Well, I'm talking about kid movies. Okay. Okay. Like I'm now Eddie Murphy, the kid movie guy. I think when it's time to introduce a kid, I mean, hell my son, when it is time to introduce my son to Eddie Murphy Mm -hmm. and you figure you start with a kid film, Mm -hmm. I would show him this before Dr. Doolittle because I thought Dr. Doolittle was just Drek. Oh, fair enough. I never saw and, it, so I can't and, say. And I, I think... I remember hearing it was a lot of poop jokes. I think everything after Shrek has been corporate and soulless. Uh, Haunted Mansion was exactly... seems Haunted Mansion wow. is what you thought um, Pirates of the Caribbean was going to be. This, mm-hmm. this sort of corporate synergy yeah, yeah. kind of film. And, and again you know, where you and I apparently meet is that this film has gotten this bum rap. Mm -hmm. And if I think about it long enough, I feel like this is the type of phenomenon that we talk about every now and then where, where, where these films get, I mean, we talk about a lot now in, in the, in the culture where these films get review bombed and, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, as you said, the backstory of this, people were very passionate about it because the writer of the film was one of the creators of Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. which, you know, has this amazingly fervent, passionate fan base. Fan base. Yeah. And, and I don't think the film was ever judged on its merits. And to be fair, like, I'm not going to say this, you know, oh, this, no, because again, I don't like, I don't like, I don't really like any of these kid movies he makes, mm-hmm. but certainly, certainly this is no worse than any of those movies. The only thing I'll push back on you a little bit of what you said is judging a movie. There are people who may be guilty for judging the movie for what it's not what they want it. Right. Um, And my pushback is that the reason why it it, it doesn't work for me and I'm wanting something sharper in the comedy is because I think there are vestiges of what once was there in the script in the film. I think that's different than what I'm saying. What are you saying? I think your criticism is apt. Okay. Like, 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 be clear. I'm not talking about you. Like, I, I, I think tonally the film isn't quite 
as clear in where right. It's not in, it's right, not right, really right. There particularly forward. towards the end because there's a moment. Oh, there, there's a moment of of there. There's a scene of you know, frankly, violence mm-hmm. in the police station that I thought, oh wow, this is a you know, I was talking about um thinking about ET earlier because I was thinking about you know that, and we were talking about like Lost Boys the past couple of weeks and 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 we showed Adam Willy Wonka over the weekend, but just that. Yeah, the the Gene Wilder? Yeah, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah. We right, we showed him the real Willy Wonka, and then we showed him Tim Burton's Willy Wonka. But um, but you know there was that wonderful pocket where you had these films for kids, mm-hmm. but they did have a bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they stopped making films like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a film that you wish was like that. And it's not and and in tonally it doesn't quite coalesce. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you could see that. And I the- think that is a criticism. Okay. What I'm talking about is the historical criticism. Like when you look up this film and, you know, frankly, people were following it, the, the development of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as I said, as someone who you, you 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 know who who did not adopt the dark you know I was born into it like I know how this nerd shit works and I know what was going on in 2008 with with these dudes following this mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you, you know what happened and you know if you read the history of it people talk about there was all of this negativity towards it before it came out yeah yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Where in a lot of ways, this is an early version of what we talk about now. Right. I am still going to say, well, I'm going to say what I just said. I, I I think if you are, because now we've moved to, do I, am I going to, would you, re- would I, would would you I, recommend, would this I film? recommend this film? And I think I'm going to, frame my recommendation like mm-hmm. I just said. I, I think if you are interested in this this fairly significant part mm-hmm. of Eddie Murphy's career, mm-hmm. the Eddie Murphy family movie, mm-hmm. I think if you include Shrek, the first Shrek, bes- if you besides the first Shrek, I think this is as good, if not better, than any of the family films that Eddie Murphy has made. That's it. That, that's that's a that's a high bar. I know what I said. That's a high bar. Not, not that it. all of his movies were I've been like thinking about it all afternoon. Like fantastic, but that's a high bar there, there, Vincent. Let's see. Let's go to the filmography mm-hmm. of of Eddie Murphy and see exactly what we're talking about here as we look at the films of Eddie Murphy. Right. And, and like, I didn't, I don't include Mulan in that because he's, you know, basically the, the funny little side animal. Well, it's, a, I mean, I don't think this is better than Mulan. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, Oh, daddy daycare. I think this is better than daddy daycare. Daddy daycare. So let's look at the films of Eddie Murphy that we think are kids movies. Yeah. All right. So Dr. Doolittle. I think it's better than all of the Dr. Doolittles. All right. So it's better than Dr. Doolittle. Um, better than. Daddy Daycare. Better than Daddy Daycare. Mm-hmm. The Haunted Mansion. Absolutely. Wow. That's already 20 years old. Wow. Um, that's really the end of his, 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 his 
family well, movies. Like 37 million of them damn Shrek movies. Well, yeah, he did he did three Shrek movies. Right. So you think it's better than Shrek 2? Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Shrek the Third and Shrek Forever After. I'll give you this is this may be on as good as those, but I don't know about Shrek Two. Shrek Two was I, I remember liking. It. I remember liking that. I think you Shrek Two. Michael. Why did I just forget his last name? Michael Mike Myers. Michael Myers. Michael Myers needs to buy a castle. Here's the question. Mm -hmm. Is this better than Candy Cane Lane? Absolutely. I mean, wow, Candy Cane Lane was terrible. Like, why are you wowing that? Wow, you think this is better than a terrible movie? Yeah. Like, I say it was better than Trading Places. Gun to your head. If you had to watch one over again, would you watch this or you people? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? So my boy used to work for a record label. Used to work for, I think, well, I won't name no names, but used to work for a record label. And I remember when the Black Eyed Peas came out, their first, their first album, album, their first album where they okay. were spitting. Yeah. And I remember being underwhelmed mm -hmm. by Black Eyed Peas. And I was like, I mean, it's all right. It like, and my boy said, because he saw it coming down the pike, how music was changing. He said, there's going to come a day that you will appreciate this album. Because what's going to happen is music is going to change. And what we didn't know is that the Black Eyed Peas would become what the Black Eyed Peas became, which the funniest thing I ever heard about the Black Eyed Peas is that they make hip hop for people who hate hip hop, rock <laughs> music for people who hate rock and dance music for people who hate dance music. But he said, there's going to come a time you will appreciate this album. And I think meet Dave. This is the time is the Black Eyed Peas first album. Really? Because, again, you you can watch You People or you can watch this. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a Let's long way. Let's get it way. started in here. Yo, yo, hold up. Hold, hold my lady lumps. You want to talk about lady lump? Lady. That's a long way mm. from this is the Black Eyed Peas first album. Look. Come on, Vincent. Look. Yeah, you need to pump your brakes on that. I'm one. not pumping anything. Maybe. Are, are you high? Uh, <laughs> no, nor have I been drinking Uncle Nearest. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I do. I, I think. I, I, I think the, the, the culture mm -hmm. decided mm. that Meet Dave was this great horrible thing but uh, but you know we 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 peel all that back we just look at the movie and i've asked you two direct questions you i'm i'm gonna let you slot did you see daddy daycare i did see daddy daycare do you think this is worse than daddy daycare mhm mm mhm mm yeah, I said what I said. It's not as bad as Daddy Dick. I did not like Daddy Dick. Yeah. Yeah, again, it was real cool and real hip to shit on Meet Dave. But then he kept making movies. <laughs> they kept making movies. That's true. And um, now look at you.
Look at you people. <laughs> um, all right. Well, but would you recommend Meet Dave? No. Okay. That's I fair. Recommend. I think that's fair. I want to, but I can't. You're right, right. But if I trapped you on the island and said, okay, Lynn, you got to pick between Meet Dave and a thousand words. Never seen a thousand words. Uh-huh. Yeah. You you do a whole lot of you do a whole lot. <laughs> okay, Lynn, you have to pick between Meet Dave and Haunted Mansion. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. No, I'll I'll give you what the choice is. Uh-huh. And to, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because I think see, I have now to you're really my, thinking about I it. I have to change my vote. Uh-huh. I have, to, I, have to, I have to say that I would recommend me, Dave, because in my head, I'm saying, would I watch Meet Dave or The Adventures of Pluto Nash? And I don't hate Pluto Nash. Right. But I probably couldn't sit through it again. Pluto Nash is not that good, but it's, it's also... It's like it's just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It's another one that just it's doesn't kind of bizarre. Doesn't work. It, it, right. it, and, I, and me, I saw what they were going for. It doesn't work. Yeah, I was. I would. I, I, I would recommend have to recommend this. Well, I would recommend it over uh, Adventures of Pluto Nash, right. which I think I did recommend. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, with that caveat, I've got to recommend me, Dave. And to be fair, he is physically funny. In a lot of the scenes in he, he is he he shows up. He shows up. He shows up for this movie. Yeah. And yeah. frankly, just you know, just just to put it out there, I think there are a fair number of his films during this period and after where he doesn't really show he up. He doesn't show up. Yeah. And I think and he and he does I you, you can't hang that on him right. for this one. So I would recommend me Dave. There you yeah, go. There I, you go. I flipped in real time, ladies and go. gentlemen. There you go. In a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> yes. You're yes. on the Michelle mission. I've got a headache. <laughs> All right. Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you, if you're in the Philadelphia area, please come out to the lounge at World Cafe Live yeah. this Saturday night, where Vincent and I will be screening Love Jones, the classic Criterion Collection rom-com. Love Jones, we will be screening it this Saturday at the Lounge at World Cafe Live right here in Philadelphia. Tickets are on sale at worldcafelive.com or you can find our, our link in our bio on Instagram. All right? Please come join us. Yeah, because we're going to screen gonna the movie. We're going to do a talk back. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to have a great time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And you and you can literally have dinner and a movie sure. there. And watch Love Jones on the big screen. I was about to say, and for many people, they've not had the opportunity to so see So many it people have never seen screen. it on a big screen. Yeah. Now you're going to see it, it on a big a, screen a, yeah. with, with friends, with drinks, with food. There you go. There you go. Before we get to what we're going to be reviewing next week, I invite you to follow the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or the social media formerly known as Twitter, at Michelle Mission. That's at M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, at Michelle Mission. You can also 
subscribe and follow the show mission on YouTube, where many of you are watching us right now. Hit that bell, subscribe so that you will be notified when we put up new videos. We put up a new video today, Vince, and I, I, I edited it out from the show where we dare to deposit that black people choose Martin Lawrence over Eddie Murphy. Yeah. It happened in real time here on the show. Check out the video that's up there on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work such as ours, which is filmed every Tuesday night right here live at Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Go to Dylan. At youngjunk.com. That's D Y L A N at youngjunk.com. So you can book your time in one of the fabulous studios that they have here at Young Junk. And hey, if you don't reach them by email, because people be flooding Dylan's email, come out to World Cafe Live because he'll be there sitting in the front row checking it out. Live appearance. A live appearance by Dylan, who's never seen Love Junk. Okay. All right. As a matter of fact, he said, I've never heard of the movie Love Junk. Okay. Truth to tell, he said, I don't know what love is. <laughs> what is love? Find out what love is with Dylan at the screening of Love Jones at the Lounge at World Cafe Live. This Saturday, January 27th. Dylan apparently is a robot being piloted <laughs> by a one-inch alien <laughs> that looks just, just like, like Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next week, here on the Michaud Mission, we are going to be staying in the year of 2008, flip-flopping back to the career of Martin Lawrence. Mm. Uh, and this may be a good one. As we review, yeah, welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. Yeah, next week here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, he's Vincent, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams with co production by Mo Poplar. Check out Mo's family travel podcast, Bun Amigos at ashyfeet.com. Original music is provided by Alexa Gold. Visit Alexa Gold Music at Bandcamp for more of her melodies. The Michelle Mission is edited by Len Webb and produced for YouTube at Yunk Junk. Visit Dylan at yunkjunk.com for more information.